Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, objective insight, expertise, top guest, available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Are you that nerd? I am. I love the NFL draft because I love football. I hate to say this, Caleb, because it sounds stupid, but I will watch the NFL draft over an elimination game in the NBA playoffs. Is that insane? Am I an idiot? I know you love the Grizzlies. Unless it's the Grizzlies, I mostly will too, unless it's the Grizzlies or the finals. Yeah, all right. I can I can roll with that. I would I would definitely watch the finals. But I used to I love. I like how the Grizzlies in that rebound last night, that turnaround, that blowout win over L.A. John yeah. Bain. Yeah, that that uh, John Morant can definitely shoot. Well, the problem is he usually by shoot, by shoot. I mean, it's a reference to a revolver. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. The problem is he can't shoot. So when he flashed that gun. I was. I'm always worried for the person behind me if Jaw points a gun at me. If his shooting the basketball is anything like his shoot, if his shooting a gun is anything like his shooting the basketball, somebody should rewrite the story about Plaxico Burr shooting himself in a New York nightclub for all of these guys that have millions of dollars. I got nothing against guns, and I'm not going down that route. But man, you can go south pretty quick. Boy, do we have a big show lined up, and Bob is on time. Uh, I didn't know that you weren't usually on time but welcome to the program by the way if you just go below you can download our apps you can uh, find us on any possible podcast platform you can possibly imagine and today on the program it's Josh Ward Thursdays which we definitely love that and how important is it for the balls in recruiting to have a first round draft pick or picks also Hendon Hooker sending out video of uh, him taking drops and throwing about a, I think the deepest was about a 30, 35 yard pass. So we'll get to that in four downs. And what criticism of Hendon Hooker is fair 
what is not because you want to find ways to knock these guys down. They've been built up. The Richardsons of the world, the Levises, even the hookers have been built up. Even the hookers have been built up. But you want to find a way to tear them down. Caleb, that's just the way the, the draft works. You want to nitpick and find the little bitty things wrong with him. So we'll go through some draft analysis of Hendon Hooker. Is it fair or not? As I mentioned, Josh Ward, basketball news. Some guys headed to the NBA draft. And something that I get the feeling that maybe this rubs me the wrong way and not Caleb as much because I texted him about it last night. I didn't hear much of a retort. You've got Arch Manning not supposedly not going to take his NIL money at all until he he is the starter at Texas. It really angers me. Just the statement of making that, and I'm going to get to it later in the program. First, today's tough question brought to you by Craven Wings. Let's go ahead and get that set up as we'll address it throughout the programs because I'm so excited for Hendon Hooker and whatever happens. I don't go fanboy on a lot of guys, Caleb, you know me, but ever since I met him at SEC Media Days last year, and here he is, and you're going to see this, okay? You're going to see this at SEC Media Days this year. Guys are going to be pimping stuff, okay? We had one guy do it, the Auburn defensive back who plays for the Titans, what was his, was his name? Uh, he was a rookie last year. He was pimping the Bushes baked beans. He played for Auburn. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember his name. But you're going to see guys pimping this, you're pimping different products. Hey. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Right. They're going to say, I'd love to do your show. Do you mind if I mention Bob's sandblasting in Athens, Georgia? Okay. So that's going to happen. What was Hendon Hooker pimping? His Christian comic book about faith. That's what he was pitching to people. Nobody else pitched anything. Hendon Hooker, ahead of the curve. It's impossible not to root for him. So go ahead and fill in the message board as we get to today's tough question. I want to set that up. Other things to get to. I want to talk to Josh Ward about that. But today's tough question is now. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Love the guys and gals. Hey, Rebecca, I see you that are here early. And because I need you to do me a favor. Hendon Hooker finished this question. Today's tough question brought to you by Craven Wings is the most rootable player since. Since. So, Caleb, you and I will discuss, but go ahead and fill in the message board because we want to get your take uh, as we'll bring on Josh Ward and get his thoughts as well. But Caleb Calhoun had the question uh, in in our 5 a.m. production meeting this morning. How important is it for the Vols in recruiting to have first-round draft picks? Scale of 1 to 10, it's a 10. Okay, and let me tell you why. First, Craven Wings, three locations, a fantastic Saturday brunch. You'll love Craven Wings, and Jake Warren approves, and he is absolutely fantastic. So if he endorses it, endorse it. what do you got to lose? And Caleb's on board as well. All right, so a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it for the balls to have first-round draft picks, i.e. success in the NFL draft? Would you like to go first, sir? Yeah, I'll go. And in recruiting um, is specifically what we're talking about. Go ahead. All right, what did you say? I missed that last thing. Uh, how important is it? Is it oh, in recruiting? In for, recruiting, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay, so if you go recent history, and I mean, and this is 
post former era, you would say one because every time Tennessee has a first round pick, a disastrous season follows. But if you look at history, there is no question it's a 10. There's no question it's a 10. I mean, high caliber first round draft picks are what kept Tennessee's recruiting at a very high level in the 90s. I think it was 1991, the 91 draft that had three first rounders, Charles McRae, Anton Davis, and Alvin Harper, all taken in the first round. Let's not pretend that didn't set the stage for Tennessee's run in the 90s where they were able to recruit at a high level consistently because of that draft. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's huge. And I covered recruiting for a decade. I think it's monstrous. I think the, the thing that kids always ask first, it was not, sorry to hurt your feelings if, if, you, if you're kind of naive to recruiting. It's not academics. It's not activities I can do on campus. It's can they get me to the NFL? That's the first thing that typically they're asked. I would say Wait, they're not at Tennessee for the degree. <laughs> right. And, and they didn't grow up when they're two years old wearing orange in a lot of cases. So, and here's what Josh Heupel has. Josh Heupel has, and it's hard to quantify this, but he has the feel good, right? Everybody thinks that this is a good culture. And until I hear differently, I think it's a fantastic culture that they have rolling right now. So you have that going for you. You have the offense for offensive players and they certainly love that no question about it uh, they like scoring defensively probably not so much but you add in when you can say look at Hendon Hooker Darnell Wright whoever they were drafted high and you didn't even know who they were a year and a half ago or a year ago maybe even since Hendon Hooker was entering his first year as a starter it is monstrous and I'm going to give you an example why his name is Gabe Judy Lawley Jr. the third Esquire. Gabe Judy Lawley showed up to Tennessee, and I wrote a story on this on offthehooksports.com, and I would encourage you to check it out. He said that he transferred to Tennessee not because of playing time, but because two reasons. He loved the culture at Tennessee, number one. Number two, he when when he thought that they could get him ready for the NFL. Now, it's a little preemptive for Gabe Judy Lawley. We've seen some guys go on to the NFL, such as Bayless Jones and some other guys under Hypel that have had success. But this would really cement that, Caleb. I think Gabe Judy Lawley said it all. He doesn't even care if he starts, is what he said in our article. He doesn't care. He thinks that being a part of this culture – and moving on to the NFL one day is a very realistic thing. That's that's big-time stuff. That's next-level recruiting. That's not getting ahead of Georgia and Alabama and offering early. That's that's a whole nother level. Please hit the like button. If you haven't subscribed yet, we highly encourage you to do that, but we love that like button. Caleb, Gabe Judy Lawley, uh, I think, told us all we need to know when you asked the question about how important is it for Tennessee to have high draft picks. It's incredibly important. And let's think about when Gabe Judy Lally said this. Tennessee's most recent NFL draft, their highest pick was a cornerback. The second round, Alante Taylor, who was probably going to be a full-time... I mean, he was a full-time starter for the Saints by the end of the year. He's going to remain a full-time starter for the Saints next year. They had two defensive backs taken in the 2021 
in the 2022 NFL draft, despite all the past defense woes we talked about that they were struggling through, they had two defensive backs taken. We've talked about how Trayvon Flowers is a under the radar defensive back in this draft. And so I, and we also know that Tim Banks specializes in developing defensive backs. So yeah, you're right. I mean, what happens is you're, the NFL having a first rounder, Alante was a second rounder. And I think that a hu- had a huge impact on Gage Judy Lally. You get a couple of first rounders. I mean, if Darnell Wright goes in the top 20, I mean, let's just take Darnell Wright day for a second. He goes in the top 20. What are the chances that just massively boosts Tennessee's uh, chances of recruiting high-profile offensive linemen for 2024? It's huge. And and you pick Darnell Wright and, and Hendon Hooker. Those are the two positions that I think are most important for Tennessee to have success in in the next level. Because you look at Tennessee's offensive line, and you could, if you didn't watch them, say, oh, that's just a pass-happy offense. They're just absolutely uh, blocking for a quarterback who throws the ball around quick. There's no – Nothing there. Same thing for a quarterback. It's easy. It's the offense. When you have success on the offensive line and at quarterback, now quarterback's not going to pay off for a couple of years with Nico in play, but you have, you've made a statement, Caleb, in particular with Darnell and Hendon Hooker. I, I agree. And we know this from the history of Tennessee as wide receiver U. They could go anywhere in the country and get any receiver they wanted by the time the late 90s came because they were just churning out receivers in the NFL like nobody's business. Another point people I want to bring up is that on the highest of high scales, the greatest recruiting heist we all agree in history, I don't think it's a coincidence Peyton Manning committed to Tennessee the same year Heath Shuler was set to be a top five draft pick in the NFL. Whatever Heath Shuler's NFL career became, by the way, and we know it didn't amount to what his draft pick was, but you don't think the fact that David Cutcliffe was had just finished coaching a projected first-round NFL draft pick had an impact on Peyton Manning choosing Tennessee? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb, and this is going to sound crazy. I think Keith Shuler getting him as a commitment was almost as big as Peyton Manning because it led to Peyton Manning. I, I believe, agree with that. I believe that completely. And – you know, if I'm Peyton Manning, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, you know, there are things that he does better than Heath. Progressions, reads, the freeze plays where you call two plays at the line of scrimmage. And he's probably saying, man, I visited with this David Cutcliffe over dinner. My mom cooked chicken. And he's really, really smart. He's like at another level. No, I think if if not for Heath Shuler, they don't get Peyton Manning. So I'll go ahead and say it. I think that Peyton Manning or that Heath Shuler was a bigger pickup in recruiting than Peyton Manning. Sounds insane. Yeah. That's insane to think about because let's not just think about Heath Shuler. They got a lot of receivers because of Heath Shuler after that. A lot of players wanted to play in that. I know they were already wide receiver U, but it was taken to another level in the 90s. And so I think that um, I think that Heath Shuler – was a huge role. I think Peyton had to meet with Cutcliffe because he had to know that Cutcliffe wasn't going to force Peyton to play the same style that Heath Shuler played because Peyton couldn't run like Heath Shuler, obviously. But once he realized that, yeah, I'm with you. I think that was a huge deal. So, yeah, these first-round draft picks are huge. And if Tennessee gets a – if Hendon Hooker sneaks into the first round, I mean, already Josh Heupel's the quarterback whisperer. You're going to start seeing even more Nico Iamaliavis commit to Tennessee in the future. Completely agree. AndyMasonRealEstate.com is where you need to go for 
uh, your real estate needs in Knoxville. Why? Because they'll save you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Don't make a five-digit mistake. AndyMasonRealEstate.com, the best service and the best price in Knoxville. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. He will take care of you. Absolutely no question about it. He's exclusively who I work with with real estate. So he is fantastic. Random question. Does Kelly Washington come around anymore? That's the name. I, I don't hear about him either. Smoky Mountain Red. The last I heard of him would have been when he showed up after signing with his agent, I believe, and had the spinner rims, which was a big thing. And he showed up in his SUV and turned to all the players who were coming out of spring practice. And uh, what do you think about me? Rhymes with snitches. And, <laughs> and that was the last I've heard anything substantial uh, about Kelly Washington, who I will argue was not as big of a cancer as a lot of people do think. All right, so let's get to four downs now. Let's break down Hendon Hooker's game as he tweeted out that he was throwing the football dropbacks Ooh, ooh, if I may say so, never used that term before, but I was happy for Hendon Hooker. Four downs is now. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right, Four Downs brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. Absolutely the tops when it comes to integrity. So let me start with this. Integrity matters. City Heating and Air, uh, cityheatandair.com, City Heating and Air Conditioning over 50 years in Knoxville. You may not need a new unit, may just need a part, may need some coolant. Boom, you're set. All right, so... First of all, if you can tell me where you think Hendon Hooker goes in the draft, Caleb, and we've discussed this throughout the week and before, but where you think he finally ends up going in the draft and the concerns, uh, the pros and cons of taking Hendon Hooker. Because I want to go through them in four downs, but just broad scope, your thoughts. Yeah, I've been pretty consistent. I think he's going to go in the second round to Seattle. I'm pretty big. He's going to go to the Seahawks in the second round. And so I think that they have what it's the perfect situation for him behind Geno Smith. Okay. So let's get to four downs and I'm going to ask you first down, what is a fair or not fair criticism of Hendon Hooker? So I want to start with footwork. I talked to a quarterback scout who told me that by design, Josh Heupel's offense limits what you do in terms of footwork. He wants to make it simple. So uh, footwork, fair, not fair. Is that a fair criticism of Hendon Hooker? I actually don't think that one is a fair criticism. I understand it, but I think footwork is something that you can pick up if you work in the system for a year. I mean, we saw that with Aaron Rodgers, had the worst footwork of any quarterback ever drafted and became a Hall of Fame quarterback with the Packers. So I think that, as long as you have the work ethic and the focus and the intangibles, and I think Hooker does, I think footwork is something that you can fix in your game. I think footwork is fixable. I think there are more coaches out there in the NFL that can fix it quickly. 
But the fact that he's probably, you wouldn't think, going to play for the first year, I think that's easily fixable, even if he were going to play this year. I wouldn't push him with the ACL. But, yes, it is very, very fixable. I don't think that's, that's a concern. And the other thing is he's very, very coachable. All right, second down. Product of the offense. Is that a fair criticism? Fair or not fair? Yes, but with the caveats. Hennon Hooker, his yards per attempt, which has always been his best stat, and his touchdown-interception ratio were still pretty good at Virginia Tech under Justin Fuente. They just got leaps and bounds better under Heifel, but anybody would take Hendon Hooker's stat line at Virginia Tech. He was averaging over 9.5 yards attempt his first year starting. But I still think you look at Drew Locke, and you, you, you it's fair to hesitate to say, okay, it is hypo schemes to get these receivers really open. And these, those are so easy that we don't know as much about hooker. So that, that is a fair concern. I think it is fair. I, I think it's fair. I don't think he has to make reads nearly as often because guys are running bare because it's just an incredibly well-run offense. So I think that's fair. ACL fair, not fair. Totally unfair. He's, he's back throwing. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be totally fine when the fall comes. An ACL is nothing, and especially if, if you would like for him to sit for a year. You mentioned the Seahawks. If he sits behind Geno Smith for a year, he's he's going to be fine. I, I mean, an ACL is nothing nowadays. There's not really an injury other than, God forbid, a head or neck or something like that that, that takes you out of your game forever or sidelines you forever. I guess Alex Smith would be the one exception, but ACLs are nothing nowadays. I mean, it's just – no, that's – He's fine with that. All right, accuracy. A year ago, I would have said, if, if the question was heading into the season, is that a fair criticism? I would have said, heck yeah. I think he misses people. Um, I think that he is throws behind people and guys have to wait on it. I think he overthrows people. A year ago, I would have said that's a fair criticism. I'll go first this time. I don't think it's fair now. I think his accuracy got tremendously better last year and i think that's just a product of being more comfortable hence we have our first maybe one and only disagreement here there we I go think, i think it's, it's fair not on the deep ball i, I agree hidden hooker has pretty good deep ball accuracy he still misses on some deep balls let's be fair but he hit some more but over the middle i mean everybody i see a lot of the message we're talking about the titans drafting hidden hooker the titans are a play action offense dave you know this in a play action offense yes you take your you have an option over the top but you always have to have that underneath route in a play action offense over the middle. You always need that underneath route. Can Hendon Hooker be trusted to make that underneath throw over the middle? We still okay. don't know. Okay, but my question would be, has he been asked to do that a lot? I will say this. I don't know, but Joe Milton came in and they threw over the middle a lot, meaning it's not like it's not a part of their playbook and they weren't using it at all with hooker they weren't trying it at all against georgia if you remember they were still trying to beat georgia one-on-one on the outside consistently all game which tells me that they didn't think hendon hooker could make those throws over the middle well i i i think you're going to see joe milton make some of those throws because of the skill set uh hendon hooker i believe can adjust I think he can take some heat off the ball. That's my biggest concern with Joe Milton is on those little flat routes and stuff. Is he going to throw it 100 miles an hour? Uh, you you don't want that. But I, I like um, Hendon Hooker's ability to be able to adjust. So I'm going to say not fair there. 
but I certainly get where you're coming from. We're going to visit with Josh Ward next. Portions of the program brought to you by Zulbeer.com, XULbeer.com, worldwide award-winning craft beer and a place to park downtown, a great place to hang out. Panoramic views of the city. You will love Zulbeer, XULbeer.com. So we're going to visit with Josh Ward next. Looking forward to that as we do each and every Thursday. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Off the family has been creating jewelry since 1986 each piece unique with a story all its own i'm rick terry with rick terry jewelry designs i'm a jeweler and i want to be your jeweler we're grateful that you chose us to be knoxville's best jeweler my family and staff look forward to serving you so please come see us kingston pike and campbell station road in the heart of farragut and downtown on gay street right next to the tennessee theater Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Craven Wings has the cleanest, healthiest wings in town. We pride ourselves on our slogan, always fresh, never frozen. Come try us and discover the difference yourself. New location now open at the Markets at Chodo. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. Message worth throwing heat this morning. Possible criticisms of Hendon Hooker is he scores TDs entirely too fast and too often. Teams accuse our backups of running up the score. Is that a fair criticism? <laughs> How dare you score so fast? You little. Josh Ward joins us now at the Sports Animal. He's on from noon to three, and he's awesome. Writes for offthehooksports.com. Had a great piece on Cam Selden that you need to check out. Josh, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, guys. Great to be with you. Yeah, hey, I appreciate the time. So let me ask you this. I, we ran through four downs earlier, but I, I want to get to how rootable Hendon Hooker is. But first, I threw out footwork, product of offense, ACL accuracy as fair criticisms or unfair criticisms. Any of those ring true to you if you're an NFL GM tonight or tomorrow night in the draft? What would be your number one? criticism of a Hooker if you're really breaking him down 
Well, with the system, I would say it's more question than criticism. The system creates the question about what will a player do at the next level transitioning into running a different offense with different responsibilities. And I, I think what the system that Tennessee runs does, it, it it makes it more challenging to evaluate. doesn't mean that he can't do it. And I think actually over the last few months, NFL teams have spoken to Hendon Hooker and been impressed with his understanding of the game and maybe believing that he had more responsibility at Tennessee than they assumed going into the process. But I still think that's the biggest question about Hendon. His age, I don't know. My thought with Hendon's age is that if you don't think he's as good of a prospect, then his age matters. Meaning if you think that it's going to take years for him to develop into a starting quarterback, well, that means he'll be in his late 20s by the time you project him to be in that spot. And if that's the case, drafting him in the first round wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because you draft that player to be ready to play very quickly. Maybe not this season, but by 2024, most likely. But if you evaluate Hendon as a better quarterback prospect than Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, these other guys in the first round, well, then take Hendon Hooker because if he's 25 or 23, it doesn't make a big difference if you believe that he can play right away. So the age matters more with the evaluation of the player, not just the fact that he is the age that he is. That's interesting. Caleb, does age bother you at all? I I, I actually didn't bring that up earlier. Your thoughts? It would only – are we talking does Hooker need three years or does he need a year? And so if he needs just a year, I don't think age bothers me too much. I think that most people do need a year. I always get back to Aaron Rodgers. They say he needed three years. He really needed a year. I think his second and third year sitting behind Brett Favre, he was ready to start. It's just Brett Favre wouldn't retire. But so it wasn't like Aaron Rodgers was, but, but they did have to redevelop Aaron Rodgers the first year he was there. But if you need just a year to develop somebody, yeah, I don't think, I don't, 25. Okay. You become a starter at 26. You can get 10 years out of a quarterback. You know how many NFL franchises would kill for 10 solid years of a quarterback? Yeah. Or, or Josh, my take on that would be with, with the age, if you even get five solid years, four as a starter on that initial contract, then you're able to spend money elsewhere so as long as he's ready in a year or two I, I don't have as much of a problem with age yeah and I think that's why his destination is often projected as Seattle or Minnesota the Titans have come up because they have starters in place right now but not players that those franchises are tied to long term they are contractually but these teams can get out of these deals and Geno Smith's contract was set up that way where after the season, if they want to move on and go in a different direction, they'll be able to, as an example. So if you believe that Hendon Hooker is more needing time to come back from the ACL, and I know that they are expecting him to be ready, they meaning Hendon and his camp, that they are expecting him to be ready in time for the start of the season, he still will not have had a full offseason to prepare for the start of the year as a rookie quarterback. So if you want to give him more time, that can actually help him prepare mentally as well for that role that he will be taking on but if you're taking Hendon Hooker as a first rounder maybe a second rounder you're likely drafting him to be your starter by 2024 and I I think that he will have a chance to succeed in that spot if he's in the right franchise I like uh, I like Seattle Seattle just continues to have the right kind of culture make the right kind of moves so that spot makes sense in Minnesota 
He's going to have talent around him if he ends up becoming the starter. Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers already in the NFL. So there are good landing spots here for Hendon where he is not needed to play right away like Bryce Young will in Carolina, and assuming he's taken there. And then Hendon can develop into the starting role that he'll take on either sometime this upcoming fall or by 2024. Portions of the program brought to you by Craft Treats. Go to crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. Get 20% off of those craft treats with the CBD infused treats. Your pet will feel better, whether it's digestive issues, maybe it could be anxiety, maybe it's arthritis. My little dog Thaddeus has trouble jumping up on the bed because it's getting older, but not with the chill pills. And they have other non CBD as well. Don't forget to use that promo code. Off the hook, again, off the hook for for 20% off. The most rootable player since, or Hendon Hooker is the most rootable player, easy for me to say, since whom? Going to the NFL, since whom? Well, um, part of it is position-reliant probably because I still think Trey Smith is such an incredible story with what he overcame from a medical standpoint, how good he was and how he represented Tennessee. Now he's a Super Bowl champ with the Kansas City Chiefs. And Trey obviously was just here a couple of years ago. But he's also an offensive lineman. Fans aren't just play in, play out watching what happens at right guard. Josh Dobbs would also be high on the list. And Hendon and Josh have a lot in common in terms of what they did at Tennessee. Hendon had more success with this 11-win season for sure. But the way they represented and understood their role at quarterback and fans got behind them. But when Josh Dobbs was at Tennessee, he faced more criticism as the quarterback at Tennessee than Hendon did. It it was after Josh left that I think the full appreciation for Josh grew. And then that was with him being a backup in the NFL until he had some starting opportunity this past fall. So I, I have a difficult time saying that Hinden is above Trey Smith in the conversation just because of everything that I think Trey represents. But at the quarterback spot where you're getting more attention and fans are behind you, then you're going to have to go back a long time, I think, to take somebody over Hinden in a similar spot, a skill position spot. So who's more beloved? Um, and please feel free to weigh in on Twitter or on the message board. Who's more beloved? Is is it Josh Dobbs or is it Hinden Hooker? With Dobbs, he had to sit through – a goofball coach with Hendon Hooker. You you had a guy who may be the most responsible for turning around a program. Josh, from the fans you talk to, who's who's more beloved at this point in their career? And Dobbs's point going back a few years, because they want to beat Alabama, and Tennessee fans True. were able to watch one of their favorite games of all time. No matter your age, you you can be. 50, 60 years old, or you can be 20 years old. That win over Alabama is going to rank high on any Tennessee fans list of games that they've watched. It was 52 to 49, came down to the very last second. It was Hooker versus Bryce Young. It was elite quarterback play on both sides and exciting plays and all those touchdowns that Hendon threw to Jalen Hyatt. So I think it's Hendon because of the team success, how good he was. I mean, he was a uh, a Heisman contender all the way until the very end and didn't go to New York, but most fans believe he should. And I don't know too many fans that say Josh Dobbs should have been in New York for the Heisman ceremony. So uh, it, it's a statement, though, to say Hendon over Josh Dobbs because fans that I know love Josh Dobbs and appreciate 
what he did and spent the next several years after he was gone saying, man, I wish we could have Josh Dobbs back. Wait, Caleb, let me jump in here for one second. I'm at when, when Josh Dobbs was about to get drafted, what did you think of his future Josh as, as compared to Hendon hooker? When I just watch him play, I test, I think it's night and day in terms of an NFL prospect. Do you agree? Disagree with that? Yeah. I never thought that Josh Dobbs going into the NFL after the 2016 season was ready to take over in a starting position or would be in the next year or two. He he has developed as a quarterback in the NFL and I thought did a nice job considering the circumstance. He had just arrived and that offensive line was a mess and that team wasn't very good offensively uh, and they needed somebody to replace Malik Willis because he wasn't ready at quarterback and Dobbs did a really nice job in that position. But now we're six years removed from him entering the league. The conversation with Hendon is that he can be a starter in the next 12 months. So, yeah, I, I look at a higher ceiling for what Hendon can do. He did more in college. Like, there's no debate on on that one either. So, yeah, I, th- I think more highly of Hendon as an NFL prospect, but I give a ton of credit to Josh Dobbs for what he's been able to accomplish as well. Great. Josh, uh, Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker, I know every Tennessee fan is so grateful he came back for that super senior year. Was that a mistake? And I only say that it, from I only say that because I think Hooker would have would have been a top four round draft pick last year. Would have had more time to develop with the preseason because he wouldn't have had the ACL injury. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But do you think long term? Do you think this will play out like a Peyton Manning moment where he's like, oh, thank God Peyton Manning went back because he would have gone to the Jets otherwise? Or could this play out like maybe he should have gone last year? Well, if Hendon had gone on to the NFL last year, I do think he's probably a mid-round prospect, and there's no way to know which franchise would have picked him up in that spot. But he would have been drafted in a position where he's likely being drafted to serve a backup role. He could have then developed into a spot where he gets a starting opportunity it's obviously a hypothetical, so we don't even know which team we'd be talking about. But what Hendon was able to do for himself coming back is he did improve as a quarterback at Tennessee. He accomplished all that we're talking about here, which changes his legacy at Tennessee, which is quite valuable, I promise. And he was able to make money while he's playing quarterback at Tennessee. So he did pretty well for himself financially, I think, this past fall. I don't know that it's a big difference uh, in what he would have been able to make in the NFL. So I, financially, I don't think he made, he took too much of a hit. He suffered the torn ACL. That wouldn't have happened if he's serving a backup role in the NFL, but I don't think that's going to be a long-term concern for Hendon. So I think he improved his draft stock coming back. I think he did quite well financially in doing so or during that process. And if he wants to find opportunities uh, in Knoxville in the future, whenever he's done playing football, they will be there for Hendon. So I think coming back was the right move for him. I'm going to ask you an impossible question. Okay. And if you can answer it correctly, NFL GMs will hire you for <laughs> six digit jobs. Okay. I, I think we all think not to put words in anybody's mouth that the ceiling is he's a starter and a very good starter. Okay. What's, what's the floor? I mean, cause to me, his leadership makes him, other than Bryce Young, the most solid pick, because I don't think there's any chance that in three years he's out of the league in a bust. I, d- I don't. So I think Hendon's floor is probably that he goes to a team and 
there actually are some issues with him transitioning from Tennessee system to the next level, whichever team drafts him and wants him to run what they will. And they're not comfortable with him being a starter. But because of what you're talking about, his leadership, his work ethic, his physical talent, he's a terrific athlete, has a good arm, uh, that he's a team, he's the kind of guy that a team would still want to serve a backup role. So assuming he doesn't suffer another serious injury that would cost him the ability to play at the next level, then I think Hendon will be in the NFL for a long time. So his his floor is not being a starter, that it just doesn't work out that way. But I think his floor is to play for a long time in the NFL. Let me throw this at both of you guys. I think his floor is Joshua Dobbs' career. Bouncing around. He took the words out of my mouth, Dave. I would have said Dobbs. Yeah, I mean, is that fair to say, Josh, that Dobbs is the floor for Hendon Hookers? That's that's the worst he can do. It sounds weird to say, like, I'm knocking Dobbs, but I'm not. Yeah, well, I, I think that's close. The only difference I would say is that Hendon is going to be drafted in a position where the team is investing in him more than the Steelers did when they took Dobbs. So he has continued to be a part of the league, but he's had to find some practice squad opportunities uh, at, at different times. And that is then like he went from that to being a starter in the same season. So uh, I think you're close. It's just that the Steelers, when they had to make a move, they said, okay, w- we can move on from Dobbs. I think, and then he w- ended up going back to Pittsburgh. So remember he went to Jacksonville, but there was a time pretty early in his career where the Steelers moved on from him. I think Hendon will be drafted in a position where that's unlikely. So I think it's a little bit higher, but in terms of Dobbs is six years in now and he has another contract with the, Cleveland Browns, I would be really surprised if in 2029 we're talking about Hendon Hooker being out of the league. Josh, who is but moving on from Hooker, a couple other Tennessee players. We we expect, I assume, all of us darn all right to go in the first round today, right? We all expect that. Yes. I looked at a, a sports book betting odds just to to see what are what are the markets saying. And they don't offer you the chance to bet on Darnell being in the first round. So that tells me that they know where he's <laughs> really? that wow. he's it, this was just one book, but yeah, they it was not available on Darnell. So uh that that's is, that's pretty locked in at this point. And yeah, this, isn't like, this isn't like Will Levis being his own league where he tells people he's going number one in his <laughs> odds change. So we agree. Yeah, so he, Will Levis created that own Reddit thread, right? I know he just told everybody, "I'm going number one." And it's strange from like 500 to one. To this is Kevin one. Durant's burner account all over again. Um, <laughs> so, just David and I have been talking, and I think Dave and I are both in agreement. Jalen Hyatt's going to go higher than Cedric Tillman, but Ch- Cedric Tillman's going to have the better NFL career. Where do you stand on that? I would take Tillman ahead of Hyatt. I'm not sure that Hyatt will go first. It's going to depend on what a team wants and when receivers start going. I think there are other guys that are probably standing out to NFL teams here late in the process. Uh, Smith and Jigba from Ohio State is the most popular number one. He's not guaranteed there. I think Quentin Johnson, I think a receiver like Zay Flowers has started to get more attention. So if a team says, hey, we've got to get some speed to add to our offense, they're going to take Jalen Hyatt but the all-around ability and the physical ability that Cedric Tillman has can't be overstated in this conversation I think that's going to stand out to a lot of NFL teams so that's why I think Tillman has a chance to go before Hyatt but which guy would I bet on having a more successful NFL career I would take 
Tillman. I think they both have a chance to succeed, but I think Tillman has a better chance to succeed in a number of different spots. I think Hyatt probably needs to land in the right place, in the right offense to help him. Uh, But uh, I think Hyatt's more likely to go first. So I agree with you there, but I would take Tillman before Hyatt. Let's not forget how important Tillman was in this offense, even with Hyatt. In that Pittsburgh game, the ball was going to Cedric Tillman. He was the number one. He was the potential Bolitnikoff Award finalist for Tennessee before he suffered the injury he did against Akron, which opened up more of an opportunity for Jalen Hyatt. How important is this in just terms of reputation for Josh Heupel's offense and program? In, in two years from now, when you look at Jalen Hyatt, when you look at Cedric Tillman, when you look at Hendon Hooker, just for from a recruiting perspective, how how important are these guys? I do think it matters because Tennessee is going to continue to battle schools like Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State for high-level wide receivers. And those programs can point to a lot of receivers that not only succeeded in college, but also the NFL. I mean, Ohio State has put out just a, a crazy amount of talent in the last two years that have gone on and already started to succeed as rookies last year, Olave and Garrett Wilson. Now they're expected to have the next number one. And the next year they're expected to have the top guy at that position. So players are going to care about that greatly. If Tennessee can sell both collegiate success at receiver and success at the next level, that will help the Vols continue to recruit at a high level at receiver. They're going to be fine. And let's say that these guys don't succeed. At the next level, well, then we've now seen Josh Heupel's offense still put up huge numbers, a Blitnikoff Award winner at receiver, even if Jalen Hyatt's not a big, uh, big-time big NFL success. So it's not everything, but if you have both, if you have the collegiate success and the NFL success to go with it, then it's going to be tough to beat Tennessee for these high-level receivers in recruiting. At Josh underscore Ward uh, on Twitter until Elon Musk kills it, uh, you can listen to him from uh, noon to three and uh, read his stuff on offthehooksports.com. Great stuff as always, Josh. Have a blessed day. We uh, certainly appreciate it. Thanks. I'm going to go post on Reddit real quick. Consume Josh Ward's content. Everybody <laughs> is doing it. And right. uh, the numbers should pop from there. Consume. I'm, I'm number one, oh everybody. God. Look at me. Read his, Cam Seldon article. read his Cam Seldon article. Then uh, <laughs> the traffic will flow. Yeah. A partner account. Good luck. I, I, I love it. Um, I have have a great day, Josh. We'll talk to you soon or next week. I'll talk to you before then, but you know how that goes. You got it. Thanks, guys. Everyone's calling, bugging, Josh. Thank you, sir. At Josh underscore Ward. He's fantastic. Vassy Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. In Cleveland, if you're coming from Nashville, Knoxville, or Chattanooga, it's just so easy. All you have to do is go to Bassey Lawn and Garden. They've got the industrial mowers. They've got the commercial mowers. They've got it all at Bassey Lawn and Garden. And with their buying power, they will save you thousands, thousands of dollars. So, Caleb, I want to change gears for just a moment, talk some hoops. And I'm still going to get to this Arch Manning thing because Arch Manning's saying he's not taking any cash till he's a starter. Not taking any NIL money till he's a starter. And it bothers me. But Tennessee hoops up next. Stay tuned. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This is a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. 
McDonald's and Craving Wings South North Shore location where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quien es este? El número 87, Jacob Warren. I'll just do six of my sauce 87, please. Imposible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at these wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craven Wings and get you seis más. But what was funny about Kate is we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program, but it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am, and now I gotta do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadis today. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Is Juan Ward Josh Ward's brother? Uh, who's on that Craven Wings commercial? I hope so, but I don't think so. And there are a lot of people that think that Josh Ward is John Ward's grandson. He's not, but it's fun to tell people. And I have told, uh, uh, maybe misidentified him a, a couple, couple of times, maybe just a couple. All right. So reading through yesterday, we discussed this at our 5 a.m. production meeting. By the way, have you hit the like button yet? Because we would greatly appreciate that. It helps us bring in more people. And I'm reading about uh, uh, Steve Sarkeesian who I'm rooting for Steve Sarkeesian basically derailed his career. And I hope that he is uh, able to, to turn things around, be it Texas or wherever he ends up, but he's at Texas now, but something bothered me that he said, and I want to get to that right now. And it, it has to do with uh, everybody's favorite, Nico. Ia Maleava. Ia Maleava. And it's in the form of, what the H? 
What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Not a lot of things in NIL that anger me, frustrate me, that get my attention because I think players should have been paid for about the past 50 years. This really bothered me. Steve Sarkeesian came out and said that Arch Manning will not take any NIL money till he's the starter. Well, that's not likely to happen this year. It could be 2024. Quinn Ewers came out of spring as probably the starter. Arch Manning is also battling uh, with another underclassman at Texas. So he may never be the starter. He may be a huge bust. Who knows? I don't think that's going to be the case, but who knows? I don't know the kid. Um, but Steve Sarkeesian comes out and says he's not going to take any money until he is the starter at Texas. That bugs me in a lot of different ways. Because is that to say to the young man who comes from a more difficult, more challenging background that he's not worth NIL money till he's the starter? Is that to say that the money that Texas generates between now and whenever Arch Manning is the starter that Arch Manning wasn't a part of because he was a big splash in recruiting and he brought guys in. I, I don't think Steve Sarkeesian meant it this way, but it really bugs me that he would he would say that. Also, I don't really believe it. I have trouble believing he's getting zero NIL dollars. Now, it might not be publicly, but the Mannings are very, very, very orchestrated. I could tell you stories about the Mannings that would blow your mind. They don't do things by accident. Caleb, you know this. I just, I have trouble believing that there's no money promised. And I found it very, very insulting to other players that didn't come up in the first family of football that aren't rich for the rest of their lives, despite what happens in the game of football. I just found it disingenuous and i found it insulting in a lot of different ways what were your thoughts caleb on steve sarkeesian saying arch manning doesn't get his nil money until he's a starter yeah that 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 bothered me a lot too it's one thing to just not do it and it's one thing if arch manning and the manning family don't want to do that and they want to keep that quiet but to publicize it the only the only intention is to virtue signal and grandstand on behalf of arch manning and say look at this high moral character this guy has it's really rich by the way because i made my case for peyton manning is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time but peyton manning year after year after year until his final year in the nfl refused to play for a dollar less than his market value which i understand that by the way you should particularly for the sake of the players union and for negotiating leverage you should always i've always said you should take what as much as you can get if you're playing in the nfl but if you're going to do that, it's hilarious that Peyton Manning would do that. And then they would create this whole thing of the art of the Manning family saying, we're not going to take any NIL money because we want to earn it as a starter. I'm with you. I have a huge problem with it, particularly when anybody who watched Bryce Young last year, Bryce Young was the first guy to get a million dollar NIL deal. And he got it before he played a game. Right. Anyone who watched him can tell Bryce Young didn't play any less hard because he was getting paid. He played his butt off. And who looks at Bryce Young and thinks, oh, well, you know, not a great leader, no intangibles. No, we think of Bryce Young as one of the highest quality quarterbacks we've ever seen in the SEC, particularly for his size. Here's my question, too. And some of you are are, are going to get mad at me, but 
I'm sorry. I know how orchestrated the Mannings are. My question is, did they want this to come out through Steve Sarkeesian? Or is he just a football coach and not a PR guy and let it slip out? It's orchestrated to the point that to put him out there, then, man, that's disheartening. I, I just, that it's just a terrible position to put everybody in that's not a starter. What if a guy, okay, let's, let's let me give you an example. Dylan Sampson, he played a significant role last year, right? I'll give you another example Princeton Fant. He started some games. Jacob Warren started some games. Is he not supposed to take any NIL money because he's not a air quotes starter? There are all kinds of ways to contribute to a football team. You are worth something. That's the whole point. I mean, to some extent, the preferred walk-ons that are basically blocking dummies are worth something, right? It, It just... The whole thing came across as just really pompous. And I was very, very disheartened to see that. It, it to me, undermines a lot of what NIL is, is is trying to do. What if this was a 3D chess move by Steve Sarkeesian? Now, hear me out. Oh, my gosh. I mean, okay. What if this was something, what if Arch Manning is not taking any NIL money now and said that to him? And what if the Manning family said that to him? What if Steve Sarkeesian put it out there to from a public way now the manning family can't back they can't back off it they can't take in arch manning can't take nil money until he starts because it looks bad what if he did that to make sure there's more nil money available for other recruits for now oh my gosh i mean i i I mean my gosh but there's so much money in texas i mean they've got i know that but what if they're trying to redirect the money they got dead dinosaurs everywhere in texas and they're pumping them into oil i i mean would his cash between now and then really affect texas's collective nil cash I don't... given what arch manning would be worth and i if nico's worth eight million arch manning is probably worth eight million eight million can get you a lot more extra talent look texas i mean we talk about this money texas hasn't had a number one recruiting class in what I don't think ever since recruiting rankings have been out. I don't remember a year where Texas had the number one class. You might, Dave. You covered it more than eight. I did. I no, I don't remember. He's already worth seven digits. Yeah, I don't care if he he says, you know, I don't want to play football. I want to go hang out with Shia LaBeouf and tour the world and search my inner soul. He's worth a million dollars and what he's done for Texas. It just to me, there are two types of coaches. There's a type of coach that is orchestrated and what he says and he says it for a reason and he wants to play the media that coach is philip former that's the type of coach and philip did that and he did a good job at that there were times where he would come out and say the offensive line didn't practice well they'd come out and have a great practice the next day after they read the paper there's another type of coach that doesn't two bleeps about what he he says and how it's taken that type of coach is josh hype I don't know which which start Steve Sarkeesian is, but I would check that at the door because it, it just came across as really pompous. And I, I tell you what, if I'm if if I'm a young man of much much lesser means, which almost every prospect is, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, man, that's how they do business. It almost, in some ways, it elevates him to this status. By saying he doesn't get paid. Just a really 
dumb comment. Dumb comment of the week. And let's talk about layers of means here. Because it, we're not just talking about like poor kids who this is their ticket out. You could be an upper middle class kid. You could be a rich kid even. And you still don't have the means of the Manning family. You still don't have the luxury to do this. And so like you could be from a family that makes $400,000, $500,000 a year. Well off. Very comfortable. That NIL money still, you still notice that if you're not getting it. Unlike if you're a Manning. So this is, but let's go back in history for a second, Dave. I, I will say something's always kind of bothered me. Look, I under, I've thought about this with the Mannings for a long time. And I've told you, I think Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback of all time. I take him over Tom Brady. I don't care what anybody says. Y'all can come at me. I think I, I, I give him, I, I don't knock him for not taking pay cuts because I think he was looking out for the union as a whole when he was taking the most amount of money. I do think that. No, he, but he, he does he does like money though. Oh, of course, of course. But they <laughs> they 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 actually the players union tells I know this with the NBA. LeBron was trying to take a pay cut multiple times over to get more talent around him. And Chris Paul and the players union said, Don't take a pay cut because if you take a pay cut, then you give the owners leverage in their next collective bargaining negotiations because they can say the best player took a pay cut. And so the union asked their top players to take all the money they can. That's why. Nobody in the union complained about Aaron Rodgers getting that $50 million deal. What I would say with Peyton, though, we let's go back to the the, the night. The, what this kind of reminds me of is Peyton Manning's decision to return for a senior season at Tennessee. We act like that was emotion, an emotional, great, mature decision of wanting to graduate and come back to college, as if there was no politicking involved of, I don't want to get draft by this, drafted by this team, which would have been the Jets. And as if Peyton Manning didn't have the means to come back for his senior year. I think, and I've always thought this, I don't know how you feel. I always thought it was a much bigger deal when John Henderson chose to come back for his senior year. Defensive yes. tackles have a much shorter shelf life. It's, it's not like he could control where he gets drafted. And he did not have the means of the Manning family. Yep. Here's what Steve Sarkeesian should have said. Okay. Here's what he should have said. First, I'm going to tell you that I'm not wearing contacts. I'm not wearing Glasses because of Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han is your home for vision correction or just eye care. They've got the individual eye care facilities that you can go in, and that can be your regular doctor. But if you need LASIK like I did or you need cataract surgery, their laser center is unparalleled, and it's local, local. The local doctors are fantastic. Here's what Steve Sarkeesian should have said. Again, Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Jokingly, I don't need the money. I'm not really worried about that. Boom, it's over. It's not a headline. It's nothing. Instead, you make a headline. And Steve Sarkeesian has been a head coach long enough. Now, maybe at Southern California, you don't make as big a waves as you do if you're in Texas or the SEC. But if he if he did, if he hasn't learned to this point that you make big waves by those statements then I hope he's learned now because I, I guarantee you on the recruiting trail, no question, I bet my pinky toe on it and I only have one left. He he will be asked, <laughs> that's another story, Caleb. He will be asked by a prospect, uh, with this NIL, do I have to be a starter to get my NIL money? He's going to be asked. It's a stupid statement. One that I don't think Josh Heupel would ever make. It just to me, it's a guy that's been he's been in the press conference a little bit too long, and he wants to be cute. 
Maybe Stark, maybe Stark is just not as bright as we thought. Maybe not. I mean, this guy has, he's, he's had, we've seen multiple lapses in judgment. One due to a problem, I grant you, but ask Falcons fans about Sark when he was our offensive coordinator. Oh yeah. No, I mean, maybe he's not. I mean, this to me just doesn't reek of brightness of intelligence. It's the exact opposite. And I think it's insulting to a guy like Nico. I think it's insulting to any any other player, listen. You do a job, you deserve your money. I mean, I, I he showed up. He's I assume he's working hard. Unless they've got some sort of problem, and you can always run him if you wanted to. Imagine running Arch Manning and how that would affect your public perception. But you can always do that. Just don't even talk about nil. I like Josh Heupel's approach, where he just basically says that's somebody else. I don't talk about it much. Yeah. Uh, but, so let's let's go here. Real question, because Lane Kevin got fired and they hired Steve Sarkeesian. You're 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 looking for a head coach right now. There's no alcohol issues. Who are you taking, Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian? Alcohol issues on the hiring end or their end? On their end, you know that you know there were, you are sure there will be no alcohol issues. Oh, I'm still to this day taking Lane Kiffin. If I'm a destination job, okay, like Ole Miss to me is not a destination job, but they've they've done all right with him. But if you're a destination job, if you're one of the top 15, 20 programs like Tennessee, I would hire Lane Kiffin a million times over Steve Sarkeesian. It's not close. You? And USC fired Lane Kiffin. For <laughs> oh, no. But Lane, <laughs> Lane hadn't adapted at that point. He needed some comeuppance. But right now, that's who I would That's who I would hire. You? I would, too. Hell, I said in 2017, Tennessee should have hired back Lane Kiffin. I really thought they should have hired him back. Like, do you know how gutsy that would have been? Well, he, he may or may not have had interest via my text messages. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's close. I think uh, Lane Kiffin would be the hire over Texas. I, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know that we're ever going to know the true greatness of, of Lane Kiffin as an offensive coach as long as he's at Ole Miss. Tennessee basketball and – this is going to be a way, way different roster coming up in this upcoming season as the Vols had a handful of players declare for the NBA draft. Now, they can go through the process and help me with this, Caleb, because they basically can go through the process and then pull their name out, right? Correct. Uh, to the NBA's credit, I think I wish the NFL would do this. They let you go through the process in the NBA and you can find out if you're going to be a draft pick. College gives you till May 31st to withdraw from the draft and come back to college. Given the fact that the draft is like um, less than a month after that, I think that's plenty of time to figure out where you're going to go. I think it's more than fair. And I love that the NBA does that. I wish the NFL would do it. Okay. So the, the players that Tennessee could potentially lose, what's the feel you get for Josiah Jordan, James, Joros Plasvic, uh, Julian Phillips, obviously Olivia Kumwa is already in the portal. How would you rank those in terms of biggest losses in this upcoming season if they decide to go to the NBA or transfer in, in Commonwealth's case? Josiah James would be the biggest loss because of what he was starting to do at the end of the year when he got healthy. I know he was hurt most of the year, but his defensive presence is just – I know, I know, I'm the guy who's been criticizing defense all year, but Josiah James brings such a versatility to it that when he's healthy and when he's in, I think you can't – deny that and he's a great leader so Josiah would be the biggest loss 
Juras Plavchik would be a, the second biggest loss, but by default, because he's just a seven-footer, and just that size can come into play. But Jonas Adu is there. And Julian Phillips, I think Tennessee has enough players that can get into the paint and score. I, I know, and the funny thing about this is Julian Phillips is the biggest, most likely draft pick among these three. He's the one Tennessee would miss the least. Yeah, you have to remember in the NBA, there's not nearly as many jobs. We talked about a lot of NFL today. There's not nearly as many jobs. If you don't get drafted in the first round, you're probably not making a team, Caleb. If you don't get drafted in the first half of the first round, you're not guaranteed to make a team long term. You can go from superstar in college to literally no one quicker in the NBA than any other sport. Definitely. It is the NBA players are the highest paid players among any athletes in professional sports, and they deserve to be. It is the most, uh, it is the hardest league by far to make it in. It is the most elite professional sports league in the world. I mean, just numbers wise, basketball is the second most played sport in the world right now to soccer. And the NBA has the fewest roster spots of any professional sports league in the world. So by just sheer numbers and percentages, yes, I know average role players are getting $30 million contracts. They deserve it because an average role player in the NBA is one of the most, like you're talking about one of the 50 most elite players in the world in that moment. An average player in the NFL in a linebacker rotation is not one of the 50 best football players in the world. Okay, so the NBA players deserve every bit of what they get. And honestly, you're right. It's so it's so risky. If you're not in the first half of the first round, I'm with you. Come back and get the NIL money in college. You're going to get it at that point. Amen. I mean, I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Let me let me just go back uh, 10 years ago, okay, to the to the NBA draft. This is just 10 years ago, all right? I've forgotten a lot of these names. Uh, Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo. Oladipo. <laughs> Anthony Bennett, oh my gosh, the number one draft pick that the Cavs yeah. wasted. Otto Porter Jr., Cody Zeller, Alex Lynn, Nerlens Noel, Ben McLemore, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Trey Burke, C.J. McCollum. That's just 10 years ago. So I'm yeah, not playing terrible draft. I know I'm not playing Homer boy here, but I'm telling you guys with NIL money, you're crazy not to stay. Now, if you hate, hate, hate going to class, get ready for Europe because the chances are that the guys we've talked about are going to Europe. I mean, are any of these guys better than Ron Slay? I think Ron Slay is a better prospect coming out of college than these guys. And he played what 10 years in Europe. Because yeah, Ron Slay was too much ahead of his time. He would have been a great NBA draft pick today with the way they like power forward to stretch the floor. I think it was just he was he came out to he was he was too ahead of his time when he played. It's just so much dumb luck. I would encourage those guys to come back, get the NIL money. It's going to be there. I have a feeling from talking to some people that some some NIL people want to get real serious about basketball because they realize Rick Barnes has probably only got to what two, three, four years left at the most. Uh, come back, get the NIL money, enjoy basketball. These are the greatest times of your life. Um, I, I don't tell kids what to do, but when I look at these four guys and I think NBA player, and I've been wrong before, uh, who was the point guard who proved me wrong? Gosh. I don't know. Who, I don't know which point guard you point guard for Tennessee. Point guard for Tennessee. You had a – Had like a 10-year career? Yeah, carried the ball a lot. Uh, C.J. Watson? Yes. He proved yeah. me wrong. I thought he – I thought – 
I did not think he was an NBA player. I do not think these guys are NBA players. Of the group, who do you think has the best NBA future? Should be Euros Plavchik with the most potential, but he's never developed. He he hasn't developed the fundamentals of playing under the basket until he stops bringing the ball down every time he gets a rebound. He's not going to be. He's not going to make it in the NBA. So because of that, I think Julian Phillips probably has the most NBA potential. Worth noting, by the way, that the last five MVP, the last four MVPs, Jokic the previous two years and Giannis the two years before that. Giannis was the 15th pick of that 2013 draft. Jokic was in the sec- taken in the second round of the 2016 draft or 2015 draft. Excuse me. I bring this up to say, uh, also unlike the NFL and baseball. The NBA is the most crapshoot league in trying to figure out who's going to make it and who's going to be a star. I don't care what anybody, I don't care what any NBA GM tells you. It's pure luck. It's 1000% pure luck putting together a superstar team. And if you don't believe me, the Chicago Bulls all but admitted they would have taken Hakeem Olajuwon with the first pick over Michael Jordan had they had the first pick. They stumbled into Michael Jordan. Oh, sorry. I think Smokey Mountain Red asked me what year. That was 2013. Mr. Jones throwing high heat today. Uh, Tyler Smith, Wayne Chisholm. How about Josh Richardson? Well, Josh Richardson worked out. He's been in the league for about 10 years. Right. 10 years. Yeah, yeah, he's he's done fine. But there are so many players throughout the, the years that didn't make it in the NBA. I would encourage you to stay, enjoy the college experience, and now you can get way different. Listen, if I hated class, if I hated school, I didn't love it, but, and I was a basketball player. I think I would have been one of the guys that would have just made the jump to Europe. Who wouldn't love to live in Europe for five or six years in the early part of your adult life. I I think I could have easily turned down. Now Ron Slade could correct me and there could be lesser facilities, bad locker rooms, cold showers and all that stuff. And that may be the case, but yeah, I, I mean, listen, if you want to go to Europe, go to Europe, but, um, you can make money now in college. Just don't – I don't understand if these guys jump. If these guys jump up, I, th- I think it's a mistake. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a big mistake. I think it. I think a lot of times it's a mistake. I think it was oftentimes a mistake before NIL because of just how hard it is to make it into the NBA. I mean, again, I, 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 I have to stress this. I don't even care if you are considered a draft pick. It is so hard to make it. There are more flameouts among NBA draft picks than any other league. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a grind. I mean, it is an absolute grind. 82 games. Why do you think they're talking about load management? Why do you think that's happening so much? It is not good on your body. No. It's not. If you don't watch the regular season in the NBA and you just watch the postseason, you think, oh, they just play every two or three days. Uh-uh. No, they play basically all the time. All the time. And it's so funny because I – I laugh when people talk about you'll see these guys that were superstars in college and then they're considered bust in the NBA. But I'm like, they're not uh, Christian Leitner is a perfect example. People call him a bust. He had like a 10, 12 year career in the NBA and was a regular starter. That's not a bust guys. I'm sorry. If you have a 10 year career in the NBA, you had a successful career. There was no bust who had a 10 year career in the NBA unless you were a number one pick. But if you were a superstar in college, that doesn't translate the same way to the NBA. So no, that's not a bust. No, and no, I, I encourage these guys to take their time, make the correct decision. Uh, and um, I think the correct decision for all these guys is coming back. Let me ask you this, a tougher question. Tennessee want any of these guys to just cruise on? 
I think Tennessee's better off with Eros Bosch if Cruz goes on. I think Eros Bosch <laughs> is more trouble than he's worth. He starts fights. He gets in. He causes chaos, but he's completely useless with the ball in his hands. And Jonas Adu is a thousand times better. Wish we could have Ron on. Ron is a little more defensive. He thinks I'm a little harsh, but, you know, I, I don't mind enforcers. But if you're going to be an enforcer, you got to bring some value. Draymond Green brings value. My guy Dylan Brooks, man, he may be an enforcer, and he may be a little ridiculous, but he brings value because he gets in LeBron's head. Nobody's – your plastic isn't getting in anybody's head. Please download the app, set your notifications on, click that like button. I'll ask you one last time. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. And tomorrow, it's a football Friday with Fred. Fred White joins us, former Tennessee safety, a true BFL. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, Off the Hook Sports.